Hello, everyone, and welcome to She Heard, She Believed, and She Prospered podcast. My name is Anisha Davis, and I am a minister of the gospel. I am here to bring you encouraging messages that will help you with everyday life. The messages are Christian-based, and they are truly uplifting for the soul. Again, I want to welcome you, and thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful journey to a healthy and prosperous life. Hello, guys. Welcome back to Season 2 of She Heard, She Believed, She Prospered podcast. My name is Anisha Davis, and I am the host of this podcast. I am so excited to be back, guys. This is season two for us. Woohoo! Season two of She Heard, She Believed, She Prospered podcast. If you enjoyed the first season, you are going to definitely enjoy the second season. And that is, and guess why? Guess why you're going to enjoy the second season? because we're going to be talking all things relationships. I've been getting this question from so many people, and I am so excited to dive into it this season. Uh, We're going to be talking about relationships. And if you have been following my podcast, you'll know that I asked, you know, I put some questions out there. Uh, You know, I asked if anyone wanted to, you know, get information about relationships, you know, want help with their relationship, how to be in a relationship. What do you do when this happened? What do you do when that happened? And so I did get some responses and that's what kicked off season two of She Heard, She Believed, She Prospered. Now, if you have any questions or you need help in your relationship, have anything that is pondering in your heart, you know, you can always email me at hisha1973 at gmail.com. That's H-I-T-I-A. 1973 at gmail.com. So yeah, we're going to be talking all things relationships. You know me, I am a Christian. Everything we talk about on season two in relationships is going to be Christian based, but I promise you it is going to bless you. And we're going to go ahead and jump right in. So I got a question. It was a two-part question about relationships. And the first question that I received in regards to um, talking about relationships was, what are the key factors that make a relationship last? So if you're a person that has been pondering this, we're about to answer this today, and we're not answering it just for your current relationship. We're going to be talking about things that are going to make you think about past relationships that you have and any relationship you move into in the future. If you're not in a relationship, this is going to bless you to help you understand you know, before you go into that relationship, what needs to happen. If you are in a relationship, it will bless you because it will help you remain in that relationship if you take away the things that I am about to say to you today. So what are the key factors that make a relationship last? That was the question that I was asked. And the second part was, what are the factors that destroy a relationship? So what makes a relationship last and what destroys a relationship? And these are such great questions. And the answer is going to surprise you. Let me tell you, God loves us so much. He doesn't want you to ponder about these questions. He doesn't want this to be an issue for you. If you have been struggling in this, he is answering you today. So, you know, listen in, please take, 
take heed to what I'm about to say. Do not be offended. And with me saying, do not be offended, let me start by saying, God is a revealer of truth. He loves you. And we're going to start off by reading a scripture. And that scripture is from Romans 8, chapter 1. And it reads, there is no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. So as we go to, through this podcast, know what, guys? No condemnation. I spoke this, you know, at the beginning of my first podcast in season one. We're not here to condemn anyone. We're not here to tear down. We are here to build up. We are here to encourage. So Romans 1 says, there is no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. What is after the flesh? Led by your own way of thinking, led by your emotion, guys. Some of us are so emotional. Those of us who experience this, you know, if you're experiencing trauma in your relationship, if you're experiencing, you know, happy one day, sad the next, you're being led by the spirit of the flesh. And God does not desire that for us. When you're led by the spirit of the flesh, you're going to have emotions that will form in you and in you a list of rules are going to come about, you know, and it's, it's about everything that you've ever experienced in your life. And I, you know, I have a book coming out and it's about marriage. And one of the key factors that I talk about in that book is how we allow our upbringing, our past relationships to form us. And what I mean by that is if you had abandonment in your relationship, that abandonment experience is going to form something in you to make you dictate how you're going to protect and guard yourself that you never experienced this again. And so that's what I mean by past experiences. And so we don't want that. God does not desire that for us. That's why he said, you do not walk after things of the flesh. We walk after the spirit. That's what it says in Roman eight. We walk after the spirit. What spirit? The Holy spirit who leads and guides us into what truth. That means we're going to have a life that is prosperous. That means we're going to have ha happy, healthy relationships when we are led by the spirit. So that is Roman one. Remember that no condemnation. And I read this because this scripture allowed me to let go. It allowed me to not be ashamed of my downfall, of my shortcoming, of my past experiences in my life, of my past relationships before my husband. It allowed me to see me. And what do I mean by see me? It allowed me to see that I cannot experience the fullness of my life alone. What is fullness? Everything that God has for us, everything that God desires for us in our life. What does it say in Jeremiah? It said, God desires for us to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prosper. So that includes relationships. He desires for you to prosper in that relationship. He desires for that relationship to be healthy. He desires for your mindset to be healthy. He desires for you and your partner both to be healthy and have a long lasting relationship. He does not desire for you and I to do those things alone. Christ died for you and me, and he is carrying us through this life so that we don't have to do it alone. If you are single, you are not alone. A lot of people think being single means being, to be lonely. 
If you're lonely, that means you're not having a relationship with Christ that you can experience all that he has for you while you're single, while he is preparing you for that individual that he desires for you to have a life with. So what does this mean to um, Christ carrying us through this life? It means that if you are experiencing happiness and it is apart from Christ, that is not God's desire for you. You are going to work so hard. It's going to be through your own perspective, your own mindset, your own plans, and your own opinion. What do I mean by that? When you're in a relationship with someone, and so we're still talking about making a relationship last and how it's being destroyed. If you're in a relationship with someone and Christ is not your center, you're working your fingers to the bone to keep that relationship going. Prime example, if you're in a relationship with someone and you're having heated discussions or you're having disagreement or somebody is sad, you're working so hard to make sure that individual is happy. And then if something happens where you separate, you're working so hard to pump yourself up to be happy again. And you're working hard, even if you lash out and say, okay, I don't want them anymore. Uh, They're not for me. Or that was just bad. I'm moving on. You're still working. You're still doing everything in your own effort. And that is not what God desires for us. He does not desire that for myself and my marriage. He does not desire that for you and your relationship or your marriage. I'm telling you, the book is coming. If you are doing these things in your own strength, you are not experiencing the relationship that God has for you. God never intended for us to do this on our own. So about relationships, he wants to be first. The answer to that question, how do you make the relationship last? God wants to be first. He wants to be your first love. Christ wants to be your first love. And when we allow Christ to be our first love. We learn the relationship. We learn the language of love in that relationship. What do I mean by the language of love? Love is not a bunch of emotions. Love is not working hard trying to make the relationship work. No, love is Christ. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, then you you don't know what true love is. And you, again, you'll operate out of emotions. And with those emotions, they're based off of past experiences. They're based off of what we've seen other people do or have in a relationship where a lot of us are basing our relationship on social media or watching other people uh, relationship. We'll run to our friend who we think is having a great relationship, not knowing that behind closed doors, they're fighting, tearing down one another, talking about each other. When they get mad at each other, go out and bring somebody else into the relationship. They're having a whole, you, you're, at, you're wondering why your girlfriend is so happy because she probably has someone on the side that's making her quote unquote happy. And that is not the happiness that God desires for you. How do you make it last? He becomes your first. He becomes your first love. What does the Bible say? Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Even if you're in a relationship, if you're dating, you're dating and hopes one day to be married. I hope you're in a relationship and hopes that it is eternal. So you love your wife as Christ loved the church. We're going to talk about what that means. Wives, you respect your husband. You respect your husband. We're going to talk about what that means. Now back to the question. 
how do you make the relationship last? And remember, there's no condemnation. So stay with me. Do not let your emotions get in the way of what we're talking about here today. Stay focused because when you stay focused and you'll hear, you'll hear clearly from God, things will make sense to you. It's an aha moment. If you are pondering these questions in your heart, these two questions, again, no condemnation. Number one, you are looking for a formula to create happiness in your life. God is not a formula. God is relationship. And if you desire to be in a relationship, who needs to be your first? Christ. When you're in a relationship, it is to manifest Christ. It is to manifest his son. That is what God desires for you. That is what God desires for me. And when you allow Christ to be your first love, you learn the love language. And in that love language, it produces fruit. And when I say fruit, it produces life out of you. It produces things out of you that are golden nuggets, that are treasures to keep your relationship. What is that manifesting out of you when you have Christ as your head? What are those fruit that are manifesting out of you? What are those golden nuggets? Number one, you understand that you are free. What do I mean by free? You're free to experience the fullness of the life that he has called you to. You're not bound by your past experiences. You're not bound by your upbringing. We're going to talk about what that means being bound. Number two, when you are loved, a person that is loved, oh my God. And I'm not talking about an emotional love. What does God tell Christ? You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You are loved and I am well pleased with you. When you have a relationship with Christ and you understand how much God loves you and that he has stamped his approval on you because you have accepted his son and because he has approved for you, approved you, you don't have to worry about getting being validated by a partner. You don't have to worry about being validated by the world. You don't have to be worried about being validated with how you look, clothing that you have on, the finest cars, the nicest house. You don't have to be validated by going out into the world searching for a partner. No, he has that individual for you. And again, those fruit shine out of you when you know that you're loved, when you understand that he, he has died for you, that he has given his life for you, so therefore you are free. And what else? You understand that everything that you need is found in him. And when you understand God as daddy, your supplier, everything that you need, then guess what? The individual that you desire to be a partner with, he's reaping the benefits of those things. When you have a relationship with Christ, your partner re- benefits. That's what I share with my husband. That's what my husband shared with me. We don't have this. We've been together 29 years, guys, married 23 of those 29 years. People always asking us, how do you make it last? How do you make it work? What is the secret to a relationship? We do not make it last. We do not make it work. It's me and my relationship with Christ. He and his relationship with Christ. When we both are in relationship with Christ, we 
are allowing each other to reap the benefits of that relationship that we have with Christ because we're happy. We're at peace. We understand that we are loved no matter what. So my husband gleans off of the love that I have with Christ. I glean off of the love that he has with me. What does it say in the Bible? Apart from the vine, the branch can do nothing. That's what it says in John 15, 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bring forth much fruit. We just talked about that fruit, much of it, plenty of it. And apart from Christ, we can do nothing. The Bible says that, that goes for your relationship. Apart from Christ, even when dating is not going to work out at all for you or for me, apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Nothing from nothing leaves what guys? Nothing. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. So how do you make the relationship last? You don't. You do not. God is the beginning and the end and everything in between when it comes to being in a relationship. You don't have to work your fingers to the bone or search your mind or go searching trying to figure out what's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. The only thing that's wrong, if it's not working, is because you do not know who you are. You do not have a relationship with Christ. You're not allowing him to manifest in you the fullness of the life that he has called you to. I'm telling you, to tell you anything other than the fact that Christ is relationship, that God is the one that works it out, I will be setting you up for failure and disappointment and constant breakups and constant relationship that ends in turmoil. When you have are in a relationship and you separate, when those two individuals separate, they're leaving some type of residue that they're going to take on into their next relationship. And then you're trying to work to make sure that you're not doing anything in this next relationship to destroy it like your past relationship. You're collecting luggage. By the time we get to the altar, we have so much baggage. And that is not what God desires for us. If I tell you anything different, I promise you, I'm setting you up for failure. Now let's get into this dating and the factors. Let me ask you some questions. What are you dating? I mean, not what are you dating? What are you dating for? Why do you want to date? What is the purpose? And I ask these questions for a reason, because right now, if you know for a fact that you have not been in relationship with God as you should be, nine times out of 10, the reason that you're asking this question is because something in the flesh feels voided. And the reason that I ask you these questions is because we should never, ever, ever fill a void that is only for Christ to feel. When you're trying to fill a void with the individual in order to make you happy, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up to work your fingers to the bone to make sure both of you stay happy in that relationship. When you allow Christ to be your life, the relationship will work. I promise. His love creates the soundness of, of your mind. And in the soundness of your mind, you're able to have a peaceful relationship. What does it say in 1 Timothy 1.7? Paul's tell Timothy, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, Timothy, 
but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A person with power and a sound mind that knows that they are loved, which means they are secure in who they am, they are a force to be reckoned with. They are a light that shines so bright, honey, they'll be flocking under your tree, sitting at your feet, waiting for you to choose them. And you don't have to wait to be chosen by them. That's how God desires for it to be. He desires for that individual to come searching for you if you are a female. If you are a male, he desires to place on the inside of you the wisdom and the knowledge that when you set out to seek a partner, that you will know her. You will know her by her light. You will know her by her fruit. That is a person that is a force to be reckoned with. And let me interject something here real quick. When you're going on dates, male or female, stop showing everything in your hand. You put all your cards on the table. You display everything about you. And, and it's like antennas go up to that partner saying, nope, this will be the first and the last date. Or they begin to date you and, the, and you keep putting your cards on the table. Those things that you struggle with in your past relationship, those things that you may have struggled with in your upbringing, let Christ heal those things. When you put all your cards on the table, don't you know the enemy already knows at that point? Their mind is not sound. So you know what? I'm going to wreak havoc. I'm going to make sure that I keep on adding on to all the problems that this individual is having. That is not what God desires for us. Again, if you start out right, you'll end up right. When you do this, your relationship will last and it will last a long time. God does not desire for you to struggle in that relationship Both parties in the relationship are in relationship with Christ. And what are they doing? This is what I mean when I said, husband loves your wife, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Christ, when he came to this earth, first thing he did was get into the word and learn the truth about himself. Husband, in order for you to love your wife as Christ loved the church, you first need to know who you are. And when you learn of you who you are and your purpose, you'll love her the way that she's supposed to be loved. Wives, respect your husband. How do you respect your husband? When you get in that word and you have a relationship with Christ, he teaches you who you are as a woman that produces in you a security that you are able to be submissive, that you're able to be in a relationship, that you're able to pray for your partner, that you're able to always speak kind words to your partner, that you're always uplifting your partner. That's what a help me is. That's what you are. That's your role in that relationship, cultivating a loving home, a loving relationship. The both of you in Christ are gleaning off of the love that is flowing from each of you by Christ. Christ is flowing through each of you, creating a love that is drawing the both of you. And guess what? In times of disagreements, you love that individual so much that you care more about making sure that they're at peace than you are about your own emotions, than you are about your own feeling. And that person, vice versa, feel the same way about you. But if you're in a relationship that is unequally yoked, guys, that is not going to happen for you. That's why it's so important for us to have a relationship with Christ. And I know you're probably saying, well, it's so many Christian people that are in relationships and the relationship does not last. So what do you mean, Anisha, having a relationship with God? Being a Christian and having a relationship with Christ 
does not mean the same thing. It's a lot of us that are Christian that do not spend time with God, that do not meditate. We've given our life to Christ and we think that our salvation is simply going to heaven when we die. That is not the relationship that God desires for us. What did I say in Jeremiah? He desires for us to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prosper. And if we do not allow him to reveal to us who we are so that we're able to prosper, so that we're able to be in good relationship, being a Christian does not mean that this is going to be your turnout in any relationship you set out. And if you're not spending time with God, if you're not learning of who you are, then you're going to experience it just as a person that's in the world in a relationship. God makes it easy for us. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What does he mean by that? A yoke is put on an ox to tread a field and it's put on him to make sure he is guided on the right path. And he's being led correctly. And the burden is light because guess why the burden is light? Christ puts a yoke on you. What is that yoke? His word, his truth. He leads and guides you. The Holy Spirit leads and guides you into all truth. And why is the burden light? Because he's already died on the cross for you. He's already finished the work for you. He does not desire for you to struggle in relationship. He desires for you to turn to him, learn of who you are, learn the truth about who you are, so that in that relationship, you always shine. Amen. I promise you, if you allow this to be your foundation in dating, you will experience a relationship with God that guides you through the dating process like a breeze. How? Because when you're in a relationship, guess what? You trust him with your heart. You know that he will never leave nor forsake you. And this takes spending time in the word in order for you to know your worth, in order for you to know that you're in a relationship with a father that will never leave nor forsake you. So no matter what's going on in this relationship, daddy, I know you're not going to leave me nor forsake me. So I know that you have me in this relationship for a purpose. L allow me to manifest my purpose. Let me not get into my emotion. How, how, how do I know that it's going to be a breeze? Number two, you take any issues to him because you know that he will never leave you e ignorant. You know this, why? Because you're in relationship with him. You know that whatever he reveals is for your best interest. How do you know this? Because you spent time with him. You know that he loves you. So many people minister out of that Bible condemning people. God did not come to condemn the world, but to save it. That means you and I, he loves us so much. He desires to save us. He wants the best for us. Everything in Christ, when you have chosen Christ as your Lord and Savior, everything is yes and amen. He's never condemning you. If you ever, here's a good reminder. If you ever feel in condemnation, that's because you're thinking out from the flesh. You're all focused. You're focused on what you can see with your natural eyes, not the relationship that you have with him. When you allow his relationship to flow through you, then he will always leave you he will always lead you down the right path and he always has have have you in his best interest i promise you number 3 you're able to make sound decisions with a peace of mind because you know who you are and you know that you're making the right decision that's the god that you serve number 4 you know that the relationship is bigger than physical emotions you're not moved by your emotions i don't care what 
is going on on the inside of you that's trying to say all these negative things about this individual. You know this individual love Christ. You know that he loves you. And so don't let your emotions rule over you to lead you to think otherwise. It is God that desires to produce his son in you. Like I said before, his desire is to produce his son. And if you allow him to produce his son in you, then guess what? Things are always going to work out for your good. God loves us so much. And so that is, that is what we have to gain an understanding of. When we understand how much God loves us, then it allows us to be in a relationship and it allows us to our light to shine so that partner can glean from that light. The second question that I was asked, what are the factors that destroy a relationship? Surprisingly, there's only one factor that destroys a relationship. In Proverbs 3, 5, it reads, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he shall direct your path. When you trust in God, and remember, we walk after the spirit, so we're trusting in God. We do not walk after the flesh, so we do not lean to our own understanding. I just talked about that. Not allowing our emotions to rule over us. Not allowing our past experiences to dictate this relationship that we are now in. When we do not lean to our own understanding and we acknowledge him in all our ways, how do you acknowledge him in all, all your ways? How do I acknowledge him in all my ways? I spend time with him. I learn of him. I tell him what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing. And, I, and like it says in Philippians, I'm anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, I make my request known to him. I talk to daddy about everything because daddy loves me. He has my best interests and he shall direct your path. Remember when I said the yoke is easy, he's leading you. He's guiding you. That's what the Holy Spirit is for. So that one factor that destroys the relationship is you. If you try to do or be in a relationship on your own, that means that you have rules and guidelines that absolutely do not include the wisdom of God. You are the you are the one that is destroying that relationship. And that is not what God desires for you. I guarantee you those rules are centered around what pleases you and what pleases your flesh. Again, nothing to do with God. If you got this list of what you are not going to take from an individual, that is not God. Again, that is not God. God does not desire that for you. If you try to do or be in that relationship on your own, rules and guidelines. I guarantee you that everything is centered around you. What pleases you? What pleases your flesh? Nothing to do with God. And here's a newsflash. You are not God. And those mental guidelines are simply a formula that builds a fortress in that relationship and has a huge invisible door that only you have the key to. Guess what? You're building a fortified city around yourself, making you the prisoner. And when you become the prisoner to your own thoughts, to your own rules, to your own guidelines, you're not allowing anyone in. 
and I'll give you an example of that. It's called the filthy sponge syndrome. When you are an individual that has a fortified city built around you, you can go out on a date or you could be dating someone and everything that individual says or do have to be filtered through that filter, filthy sponge. And by the time it's you wring that sponge out, meaning by the time it filters through all your emotions, all your rules, all your guidelines, all your past hurts, all your upbringing, everything that that individual say or do is considered negative, is considered against you. And it's nothing that the individual intended in the first place. They're being, they're being pure with you, good intent, but because of that fortress that you have built, because everything has to filter through that, your way of thinking, your mindset, how you perceive things, you it's just destroyed. That individual did not even have a chance from the start because when you are a slave in your own fortified city and you have laws, you already off the off the bat knocking down everything that that individual says. And God did not send his son so that you could be a slave and to, to a fortified city. That is pride. And that pride is the darkness of your thoughts, darkness of doubt you have controlling your life. God did not desire that for any of us. Through his son, you and I became slaves to righteousness, not slaves to our own thoughts, not slaves to our own experiences, not slaves to our path, but slaves to righteousness. And here's what slaves to, being a slave to righteousness does for you. You are being guided by the still water, just like David said in Psalms. He leads me beside the still water. That means he leads me peacefully. And when storms come, when hurricanes come, when problems show up in a relationship, when uneasiness, uneasiness come in, guess what? Imagine a hurricane. There's a hurricane going. I don't care what you do in the middle of that ocean in a hurricane. If you pick up a pail like the disciples did in the Bible and try to bail water out of the boat, do you understand? See, and when you're on, in your own mindset and thinking from your own perspective, you'll think that you're trying, you're able to save yourself. No. It will take God speaking to that storm in your life and telling it, peace, be still. That's what the word of God, that's what meditation does to you. Light comes in and floods your mind, giving you wisdom. And that's God saying, peace, be still. Problem, you, don't, you do not exist in this individual. They belong to me. I have given them wisdom on how to tread through this situation. So what do you do in the middle of that hurricane? You curl up beside Christ. You curl up in that relationship and you rest. And you know that it's going to be victorious. You know he's going to lead you on the right path. You know that he's going to take care of you. You know that he's going to keep you. But if you're steering that boat, I'm telling you, if you're controlling that relationship, you are the common denominator that is going to destroy that relationship. And God tells us to choose life, not to choose to pick up our own paddle and row. No, if he is the one that is leading and guiding us, that means he is the one that's going to bring us to safety. That's going to bring us to a victorious state in that relationship. That's what he desires for you and I. And without him, it's impossible to have a relationship that you and I desire. 
because we'll be trying to do things in our own strength and from our own mindset. If you're here's the deal, if you're in a happy relationship and you do not have God, I guarantee you somebody in that relationship is king and the other person is a servant. Here's what the king is feeling. He's feeling like he's not being served enough. So he's requiring all these things out of you in order to make him happy. Here's what the servant is feeling. If you're in a servant position in that relationship, you're feeling inadequate. You're feeling like he's not spending enough time with you. You're feeling like he doesn't love you or she doesn't love you. You feel like you're not getting enough out of a relationship. And so you want to move on and build your kingdom elsewhere. Not what God desires. If you're experiencing this type of relationship, God already knows. And he's beckoning you to come because you're weary and things are heavy on you. And God died on that cross and took that load from you and does not desire for you to carry it anymore. He does not desire for you to be in a relationship that is with strife and struggle. No, he desires to be the head. Remember, he desires to be your first love. And as he is the head, you and your partner becomes the body and he flows through you. Do you know this body works from the brain? The brain dictates everything we do, walking, talking, moving, raising our hands, sitting down. And that's what God desires because the brain desires for this body to operate properly. And the brain is the one is what causes this body to operate properly. So God is our, is that brain and he's causing that relationship to operate properly. He flows throughout that relationship. So choose Christ, choose life, choose him to be your first love. Allow him to show you what love is. Allow him to teach you the love language, that it's not a bunch of emotions. No, you don't have to dictate rules. You don't have to worry. You don't have to stress. No, all you have to do is rest in him. And I promise you, you don't have to worry about what factor is going to keep that relationship going, nor do you have to worry about what factor is going to destroy that relationship because the relationship does not belong to you. It belongs to him. I hope that this message blessed you. This podcast blessed you. I hope that I answered the questions that you had. And again, if you have any questions, please feel free to email them to me at HITIA1973 at gmail.com. We're going to be talking about relationships throughout the whole season two. I know last season we had eight episodes. This season we may have much more because a lot of people have questions or I may move relationships over into season three, but please, yes, send your questions in because I want to be able to help walk you through having a healthy relationship, having a relationship that lasts, understanding your worth, understanding who you are, understanding that you are loved and understanding that he has given you a sound mind. So you don't have to go to your neighbor or to anyone trying to figure out how to have the relationship that you have. No, you have a relationship with Christ and out of that relationship with him flows the relationship between you and your partner. Thank you for listening to She Heard, She Believes, She Prosper, and I'll see you next time.